Oh shit. Here we go again. Oh, let me start. Okay, let me start. Let me get <laughs> you see you see out here the Falcons. All right. Listen. Oh, they're about to get the best Listen. coach. Okay. In history. Shut up. I don't want him. Okay? And then they're it, all right, all right. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Realistically, realistically, how many years does does Belichick have left? And and what's his true motivation to, to continue to coach? To he win, wants, to he, to break the record. Yeah, he wants the win record, and that's it. He's not. And sure, I mean, winning another Super Bowl without Tom Brady that would be a consolation prize. That would be just a bonus. Really, what he wants is that is the win record. Yeah. Was he fifteen away? Something like that's that. One, it's it's like I mean, one good season. That's a I mean, you wouldn't season. hold on. You wouldn't you wouldn't be willing to sign a coach if he's going to get you fifteen wins in one season and a shot at the Super Bowl for one year. Yeah, you sign him for a year. The who's playing? Who's playing? It. Who's playing quarterback? That's the question. Oh, they're they're going to trade. They're going to trade their eighth pick to the uh, Bears for Justin Fields. Okay, I mean that would that That's would make sexy. me. A, that would make me a little bit more comfortable knowing that we're getting a young quarterback that is going to be able to grow into his this offense and grow into these offensive weapons that we have. Young, but has experience. He he's played. Okay, yes, but so it's I, I like that. But if I have learned anything as an Atlanta Falcons fan, it is to always expect the worst, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what what it looks like, it will always end up being the worst thing that that happens. So you'll get Russell what, Wilson. We're, no, we're get, listen. This is what's going to happen. We're going to sign Belichick to a two year deal, three year deal that he can opt out of. We're going to pay him an exorbitant amount of money because Arthur Blank want, is in love with Bill Belichick and. Welcome to another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. If you can't tell, my voice is very strained. It's been a very stressful week for me. A lot of uh, moving parts, a lot of things in motion. Uh, I'm sure uh, I'm not really ready to talk about it right now, but maybe next week we will uh, dive deep into the happenings, the trials and tribulations of Cody Murphy's life. Not that anybody cares, but, you know, whatever. Uh, today we have... A very special guest, one of my very closest friends, the closest thing I've ever had to a brother outside of, you know, Vice City Brotherhood and all that. Um, Brian Carroll. He's my first cousin. Um I am one of the only boy of seven children. And Brian is my like I said, he's the closest thing I've ever had to a brother growing up. Uh he's very, very knowledgeable about football and sports. Uh Coaches football at the middle school level also helps out high school as well. So welcome aboard, Brian, man. How's it going? <clears throat> going good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, <clears throat> long time listener, but I get this is the first time on the show. So I'd like to see what you guys are doing on here. Appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a long time coming. I know uh, I've talked to you a lot about, about coming on, but uh, we appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, having a little conversation with us. And, uh, I guess we'll just start quick and go run through it because I know, you know, we've we've kind of having a time crunch here. Uh NFL playoffs. Let's 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 talk. Let's reflect. What are your thoughts uh so far on on what's going on in the NFL right now, Brian? Uh well, I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked by what the Texans were able to do right. and what the and what uh or um, the Packers were able to do right, to the Cowboys, yes. but but really, if you think about it, I mean, the Cowboys are kind of what we thought they were, right? Like they're going to exactly. be bad teams, they're going to lose to good teams. Um, you know, I think this. I know that there's some blowout. Basically, the games this week are kind of projected as blowouts, right? Nine point, six point games. Yeah. Well, but, Chief, uh, Chiefs and Buffalo. Chiefs right. and Chiefs that, and that Bills. That game is supposed to be close. But I think that I think maybe I think they're going to be a little bit closer than we thought. You know, especially if uh, if the Packers can show up and at least do something with the uh, with the Niners, you know. Yeah, it's going to be tough, though. I mean, the the 49ers have been a juggernaut all year. I know they they had a little three game stretch where they lost, and they also kind of got shown up against um, the Ravens. But yeah, 
we we all expect uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan. We all expect them to take care of business. But <clears throat> what a what a time it would be if Baker Mayfield was able to to uh, pull off the upset against. No, I can't hop the, on that one. The, the powerhouse. I want to. I, I want to see the Lions uh, win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As much as I'm rooting for Baker, it's just I can't go against this Lions storyline. It's tough. It's tough. Especially with Goff, you know, he, yeah. he uh, made it to the Super Bowl, didn't win it, gets traded. Yeah. Then take the team that's been in a drought. At least yeah. they won a playoff game. To get the host two this year. Mm. And they yeah. get to host the playoff game because. The Cowboys got a second playoff game because the Cowboys got bounced. It's the uh, ultimate ball don't lie scenario because of that yeah. ref blown call earlier. Uh, oh, that was ridiculous! Yeah, oh my god, it's been a hell of a year in the NFL. That's a- yeah. I think I think deep down we're all kind of rooting for Detroit. We all want to yeah. see the the Cinderella story. Um, you know, but and- I mean the the Tampa stuff that'd be a Cinderella story too. Honestly, yeah, like, true, true. Uh, but, I mean, I, you yeah. just – you can't get behind, you know. At the end of the day, if we're all realists and we're all being objectively – you know, looking at it objectively, I mean, Detroit should win that game, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I yeah. fully expect – my my biggest – my the biggest game of the week for me is what is the one I mentioned just a minute ago, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, this is a, this is a uh, matchup. You know, Mahomes versus Allen. This is a matchup that's probably going to, for the next decade, it's probably yeah. going to be just a fixture. It's probably the next Brady Manning, you know. So I'm really interested to see what Buffalo is able to do. I know they come in as a three point favorite, which is really surprising, but because of the Kansas City's pedigree, uh, what are the keys to success for Buffalo um, coming into this next game? Uh, so the number one thing, remember back whenever they they lost in overtime, right? Uh, the biggest thing that they were able to do was to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Their offense was yeah. explosive, but they held him to 60, like, it was like 60, 70 plays for the game. So if they're able to run the football and, and like, you know, control the game, basically, you're at home, so control the game. Do, uh, Play do good what defense. You, yeah. yeah. You know, special teams are going to be huge in this game. I feel like, you know, um, field position. Uh, it's two meeting of the minds. You have Andy Reid, one of the best offensive coaches in the history of the NFL, going against one of today's best defensive-minded coaches in Sean McDermott. He's got the power of Al-Qaeda behind him. You know, I praise Allah, you know, uh, Alu Akbar, all that shit. So, no offense to all my Christian brethren, but – yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a war, you know. Yeah. I don't know what the weather I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but I think, you know Is that uh, the right co- word to say war? <laughs> it's gonna be a war. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, double entendre, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know I know Kelsey mentioned last week uh they're both cold weather teams, so yeah. the weather really shouldn't be a, too much of a factor. No. Uh, but I think uh, I know I know Baltimore is the favorite you know, looking at it, just looking on paper, Baltimore is the favorite. But traditionally speaking, historically speaking, the Bills and and the Chiefs have been there, you know, year in and year out for the last five years, you know, since Mahomes and Allen has been in the league. So I think that is really the biggest game for me um, this coming up weekend. Uh, just to end this segment, uh, what what is your Super Bowl prediction? Who's going to make it coming out of NFC, coming out of the AFC, and what do you think uh, the result is? Who, do, who are we crowning champion? Who's lifting up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of this season? Oh, man, I can't I can't pick against the Niners, man. I just think that they're mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, they, they can play defense, yeah. they can play offense, they can run the ball, you want to throw it, they got every piece of the puzzle. And my the team that they're going to play against, um, I don't. this is going to be a – people aren't going to like this. I think they're going to play the Chiefs. The script writers, you know, it would play in their favor. They, like I said, we've we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast, but they are the New England Patriots 2.0. They they do get the benefit of the doubt. It seems like in every situation, whether it's somebody's helmet falling apart, somebody's helmet, somebody taking their helmet on off on the field, you know, whether it's a, a lousy roughing the passer call, 
it just seems like it, the momentum just is in their favor and at all uh, points in the game. Yeah, well, you, I mean, part of it too is that they like quarterback wise. We Josh Allen has never done it right. Like he's made it to this spot and then yeah. he hasn't able to get past it. Uh, Lamar Jackson has one playoff win in his his in his career, and he missed the last two because he got hurt. So, and then you know we have um, uh, then you have the Texans. I mean, I just at some point the Maddox got to got to run out, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. JD, what's your thoughts? You're smiling. I know you want to say something. Like I know, I agree with that. That saying, like these guys haven't done it, but nobody does it until you know until they do it that first time. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's Josh Allen's turn. He's gonna. It's either Josh Allen or or Lamar Jackson's turn. And I don't know. Obviously, I'm big into the NFL scriptwriter stuff. I don't think they're gonna give another one to Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes has got the squad to do it. I don't think the offensive power uh, firepower can hold up with some of these teams. Obviously, their defense is good under uh, Spagnola, but I don't, I don't, I don't see him going I, I, to the I tend to agree with what you're saying, Cozy. Uh, I, I feel like the woes at the wide receiver position for Kansas City is really going to come in and to bite them in the ass at some point. I don't yeah. know when, I don't know where, but you know, there's been crucial I don't, drops. I don't like betting against Mahomes. Obviously, he's the best in the game, probably the best to ever play the position. But he can't I mean, even when he hits guys. He can't make he can't yeah. make people yeah. catch the ball. You know, he yeah. can't make them catch. It's just tough. I don't want to bet against him. But I have a feeling the Bills get him this weekend. I'm if betting is, against him this week. If the if the Chiefs win this game this weekend, you might as well just stick him in the bowl in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. So I agree. So if if uh, if the Bills lose, are we? Can we stop comparing Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, please? I knew it was coming. I knew exactly. Oh, he's zero and four. That. He's zero and four against I against agree. these top quarterbacks. Like, I, and it's not all on him, but no. you know, you got to win them at some point. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough thing to um, put yourself in. I don't know how to. I don't know how to like get this. We've said it in the past. When Josh Allen is good, you know he's right there with the Mahomes type player. But he also has his bottoms when he's you know the worst quarterback in the league. You know he throws yeah. three, four interceptions in a game. So I think consistency is key. And if you're zero four against the best in the game, then you're probably not in that same conversation. To me, yeah. the for me the turnovers are key. You you have to yeah. stop turning the ball over at some point. Somewhere he didn't have a pick last week. He didn't have a pick last week. So what, was that the first? Was that the first he's week in the whole season? <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think, if you're right, if my if if the Chiefs win this weekend, you might as well put them in the Super Bowl. But I think if if the the Bills are able to get past this next week, I think they have a legitimate shot to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Yeah. Just because of the style of play. And and I know Lamar is exhilarating and exciting and is likely the MVP. And I like Lamar and I like you know, I I, I like Baltimore as an organization. But it just feels like the Bills, man. It feels like the Bills are there and, and who knows? I'm the fade god, we all know, so the Bills <laughs> will probably lose this weekend. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is, you know what I mean? So all right, that's enough on the uh, NFL playoffs. We'll talk next. We'll talk a little bit of Kentucky football because me and Brian are really adamant Kentucky football fans. Uh, been been watching the the Cats for years and years since I was a child, you know. And we've had our ups and downs, and 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 me and Brian have had our uh, uh, our back and forths. But what what is the state of Kentucky football moving forward? Uh, next year and then in the following years what what are you what are your thoughts so okay so as a kentucky football fan right like I, we have to understand where we're at in the in the order of how things work for college football so if i say hey we're gonna have a good season that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna go undefeated or one loss and all that stuff but they have brought in some talented players in the transfer portal they have for the first time 
uh, I think ever. They got the top five players in the state all to come to Kentucky. That's, that's so that's you know huge. they're they're doing they're doing good stuff. Um, yeah. everything that I've seen on this quarterback that they brought in, um, is is good, and I Hand think it graph. works in the offense. Yeah, I think it works in the offense because he's a pocket passer, but he is you know he can uh get out and run from you know if he has to basically. Um, the the two wide receivers they picked up the kid out of Texas A and M and the one out of North Texas. Kid out of North Texas is a thousand yard receiver, which I know he's playing out of North Texas, but Still, Still, he's supposed to be legit. That's a, that's a big milestone. And you're pairing him with some of the receivers that they already have. Do we yeah. have so uh, question? Do we have Dane Key coming back? Because I know there had been some speculation about him entering the transfer portal and all so that. So as far as I know, he is coming back, right? Because the portal's closed now, right? With yeah. the exception of the Alabama players, is it's closed. So I think he's yeah. coming back. And Walker didn't leave either, which I thought he I thought he might. Yeah, that's that's huge for Kentucky because so. I figured he he I mean you just look at him he's got an NFL body Walker does yeah. and he's got the talent I just think he he kind of lacks the discipline sometimes and and you know like yeah. and that's that's my biggest point moving forward is coaching and discipline for this Kentucky football team we finally finally we've got the talent to compete in the SEC for so many years. We net we we just couldn't compete with the LSU's, the Alabamas, the Georgias. You know, even even Ole Miss, we we struggled against Ole Miss for for a lot of lot of years. So, I just think we have to fall back on our training, and we we really need Stoops and that coaching staff to to hammer down. Guys, if you just play good, disciplined football. And and do your job. We will win eight nine games, and that and now in the new college football uh, the playoff format, that's good enough to get to make it in. And hey, yep. football. This is why football is my favorite sport because it's a one and it's it's one game for all the marbles. So it's it's winning in advance. You know that's what what yep. we love about the college uh, level. So. I think we really have a, a a chance to to make some noise in the SEC, even though we are adding Oklahoma and Tex or uh, yeah and Texas. Uh, it it kind of opens the door. This new twelve team format kind of opens the door for these mid level tier teams, traditionally mid level tier teams. Yeah, I think that we're at a crossroad, right? Like you can either you're either going to be one of those, you know, a team that's hey, you're going to make a bowl game, which is great. Everybody likes making bowl games, but or you can start competing, like legitimately competing. Saban just left. Um, you know, adding Texas and Oklahoma. Well, well, you know, it makes the SEC more difficult schedule. But I got when their schedule came out. Um, you know, I mean, you got to play Tennessee, you got to play Florida, got to play Georgia. But and I think Texas is on Kentucky's side, and they're tough games and stuff. But you know, I don't. There wasn't. There was only one game that I watched this year where I was like, "Man, we couldn't compete. Like, we just yeah. didn't have it." And that, that was, was the, the Georgia game. Oh well, Bama. It was. Yeah, it Bama was twenty-one two, nothing two. in the first quarter. I so. forgot about the Bama game. That's true. Bama, Bama two. So, but Correct. Bama's got a Bama's got a lot of kids leaving. They yeah, got Bama's got a uh, true. True. So you know they're not necessarily as scary until yeah. we see what this guy can do. This new coach can do as far as bringing in talent because a lot of his guys at Washington were transfers. Yeah, and so that's a different sure. ball game bringing in transfers and actually having to recruit. Yeah, true that. I think they're going to struggle in their first year. Not, I mean, granted, struggle for Alabama is probably still a nine-win season, but they've they got, got a tough schedule too. Yeah, they got a tough schedule. A lot of teams coming in the same for the, you know, all these rebranding and repositionings of programs and stuff. It's going to be a. Tr this is the time to get somebody though is this whole movement of conferences and stuff, all this team realignment and stuff. If you're going to be good, now's the time to do it, Kentucky, because teams are everywhere with guys leaving, guys coming in. It's time to solidify. And I think it plays back to you guys winning those guys in-state. Granted, they're probably coming to Kentucky because it's a D1 doorway into wherever they want to go. They play good at Kentucky. They can leave. But if Kentucky can take advantage and prove that they're a successful program in the SEC, then you guys are opening up a platform. Like, say you guys get into the playoffs this next year, it makes your guys' team and program more desirable. It's right. like, hey, we got a shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you come in third yeah. in the SEC, third, but fourth, you got a, you on, got a real chance. On the flip side of that token, uh, that kind of makes, uh, makes me a little bit worried because – Kentucky isn't a blue blood when it comes to football. We're not a we're not a you know blue yeah. chip 
program. So what does that mean for the, the, the programs like Kentucky? Does that make them a stepping stone with this new transfer portal rules? Uh, you know, I, I come in at Kentucky, I show yeah. out at Kentucky, maybe not win a national championship, but then I get, I catch the eye of a Georgia, of an Ohio State, of a Michigan, yeah. and they, and now they're wanting me to go transfer there. So that's my worry is I don't want – with all the talent coming in for Kentucky, we, you know, we, we do have a really big upside, a really high ceiling, but at the same time, like, it could be Kentucky – Programs like Kentucky are now the new JUCOs because of you know the the flexibility of the players. Uh, so I, that is one concern that kind of comes to mind with that and and just college football as a whole moving forward. But I mean, you know, if that's the way the game evolves, that's the way the game evolves. You got to find a way to keep up. You know, so I don't know how you yeah, guys think- feel about that, but. I think it could be a little bit of both, right? Like you're going to yeah. get some kids that come in, show out, decide to leave to go play. But at the same time, you also are going to get people who are backup quarterbacks at Georgia that, you know, True. think they're ready to get their shot. And so then they transfer in or, well, you know. Well, look at the look at the Kyle McCords. Look at the Dylan Gabriels, the Cam Wards of college football. I mean, those, those guys were all starters and they're all transferring. And, yeah. and it's not like they didn't play for for a high key teams. I mean, McCord's coming out of Ohio State. You've got uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel coming out of Oklahoma. So, yeah, I, I think, think that a, the McCord one, he was told that they're about to bring somebody in. True. So yeah. Whether it's the whether it's the freshman or transfer, I think that they might be the the ones that are getting the least amount of love when it comes to this off season that they've brought. Not only talent, but the so many the OC, guys. the OC they just brought in. Oh yeah, Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Bill yeah. O'Brien, dude, yeah, old offensive coordinator. I'm a high state guy. I'm telling you, we we reloaded, bringing back everybody. It's almost the same scenario that you know Michigan did this last year. Is bringing everybody back, running it, going, going and get your guys, bring them in. I think uh, I think we'll be all right. I do worry about Bill O'Brien because he's had his struggles, but. An NFL guy, I think him and the Patriots style living, he might bring something to Ohio State that we've been missing. It's a little bit of a winning mentality. I think uh, the biggest yeah. thing, the biggest thing for Ohio State is that defense, man. That defense is about to be insane. You've got uh, JT, Mo- I can't even pronounce his name. JTT, JTT. Yeah. JTT you've got him coming back. You've got multiple, yeah. multiple starters coming back for that defense. So I think that is going to be really the driving force for uh, Ohio State com- this coming up year. Um, yeah. Their quarterback's not nice. Too. I don't know how much Kansas State football you watched, but I saw some yeah. clips on him too. He's, I mean, he's a pretty good little player. He's kind of like a, not to crown it yet, but he's kind of look, looks like a Josh Allen out there. Big, fast, tall, can throw it. Yeah, yeah. I think in the right system, he plays. He plays to an NFL style. He's definitely. I mean, I have my question marks about, but it's the same thing. You have question marks with Josh Allen. It's just how how are we going to develop him, right. push him, push him into that next level. So, all right. I mean, I think that's a pretty good caveat into our next topic. Um, just the overall state of the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be college or NFL. Just kind of like the way the game is evolving. Just football as a whole. Like what we've got, we've got plenty of issues that we could talk about. My main thing yeah. is the refereeing. I think that's a really big thing. Um, the refereeing has been really bad, especially with sports gambling becoming a bigger factor. Um, I think domed, domed stadiums versus open air stadiums. I think that's a big issue that that football, especially the NFL, is going to have to address moving forward. Um, and just the, the the transfer portal and giving power now autonomy back to the players where they they now they get paid to play nil they get uh, multiple trans transfers and it's just now it seems like instead of the university and the coaches having the the, the control it seems like the players now can can really decide what they want to do with their future which is a good thing but at the same time. You have to find a balance there because you can't go one. You can't go too much in one direction or the other. I think we have to find a balance somewhere. Uh, yeah. So the officiating thing is the one that kind of um 
confuses me the most because the XFL, did you all watch the XFL seasons? This Not a season? big XFL guy, no. The way that they do it is the best that I've seen at any level. They have a guy who's watching the game, which I know it can't just be like, because they only have one game on at a time, so he can watch it. While, but he literally will tell the official if it's a bad call, he will tell him like, no, that's not a, don't pick it, wave it off. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's not, because he can see all the angles and all that stuff. So rather than it being like, oh, well, we weren't sure if it was a pass interference or not. Don't worry, the guy in the, the eye in the sky will tell you. He'll call down to you and let you know it was pass interference. And but, I think, but yeah, I mean, it's bad, man. It's just like missing obvious calls, especially at the NFL level. You you expect them to be, you know, that's the highest level in the world, and you you would expect them to be more on point than anybody else. But I think the it's kind of like um, in baseball, you have you know the minor leagues, and they 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 use the minor leagues as kind of a, an experimental league to try out these new rules yeah. before they implement them, you know, in the major leagues. So I feel like the XFL and well, it's the United Football League now. I think that's yeah, kind of combined with the USFL, right? Right, right. And I think that's gonna kind of be a a um, just like an experimental. Uh, uh, level where they try out these new things yeah. and i think definitely having a third party involved where you can kind of objectively look at it all would be a right. huge step forward for for professional nfl football yeah opinion calls are what they are right like oh it, it i didn't think it was enough to be pi or whatever yeah okay whatever but you like the the whole thing with the lions that's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah yeah, it's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Which is why his his crew won't be in the postseason. Oh, Good. because of that, because of the Eagles game, and because of the Kansas City game where they missed the pass interference on Marquez Valdez Scantley. Those three reasons will be the reasons why they're not in the playoffs. Why they didn't get to do the playoffs. The Eagles so. Dolphins game where there was eleven no against penalties Dolphins against Philadelphia. No yeah, against yeah. Hey, the clean, cleanest game ever played. <laughs> Oh man! If anybody tri- wants to share thoughts on the Eagles, I'm not. I'm I'm done expressing emotions about the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the college thing is a thing that, that is interesting to me too because the like the transfer portal stuff. I think they should be so. I'm okay with them being allowed to transfer any time, right? I don't care how yeah. many you can play at four different schools, right? I'm good with it, but. You got like you know we're not talking about seventeen year olds. We got you got to be held accountable too. So that means you can't unless you're actually injured. Then part of your NIL deal means that you have to play in the bowl game. If you don't play in the bowl game, you lose money off of that because yeah. you didn't play the full games. Um, you know there has to be some kind of contract or whatever where they agree for hey I'm here for a season and then you know I'm good with them transferring. But there we I feel like there's not enough. Um, it's kind of gray right now as far yeah. as the NIL yeah. stuff and all that stuff, and it just We're, needs yeah. to be settled. They're still trying to work out the details, and <clears throat> I think it's, you know, because you have a lot of, you know, opinions out there, but I think for a lot of, you know, people of our generation, we kind of, we appreciate the fact that, that these these people do have autonomy over where they go and what they where they play. And, and, and it's kind of the older generation that's like, well, they made a commitment. They gotta, they gotta follow it out, you know? And so I think it's good though, that we're trying out all these new things. And then in, in the future, we can, we can try to mitigate that and, and legislate out where we, what, what the fair and, and equal balance is between those two opposing, you know, schools of thought. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, the people who really get mad about a kid transferring is because they're transferring from their team and they're really good, and now they're mad that they're going to go play at a, exactly at a better right. school or at a different yeah. school. So, yeah. you know, whatever, man. You want to go play somewhere else, go play somewhere else. I can tell you this. Like, if you yeah, – I mean, kids change schools in high school too and stuff. And if you yep. leave because you couldn't – because you couldn't get the spot, right, either that kid that's in front of you is a – for college purposes is an NFL player or, you know, you need to go play somewhere else and that's okay. But there's also something to be said about, you know, sticking it out and trying to fight for your spot. Like the kid at Georgia, he, he sat behind, uh, what's Seth and Bennett for three years. And still, never got his, yeah. And still never, you know, 
You know, he got to play this year, and he's coming back for one more season. I think it so, all really yeah. depends on your personality and really your upbringing, you know. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to have that sense of commitment, but also, like, you yeah. know, you got to do what's best for you, too. Well, there's, mm-hmm. there's just nothing that says that if you stay – if you don't, if you transfer, then that means you're not ready for the NFL. If you, if you stay, then that means that you're not ready for – like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. guys who have played four years at one school – has been successful and guys that have transferred have been successful. So there's no, yeah. like, it's just, you know, Oh, you don't have the stomach to stay. Like, that's so silly. That's so old about? school, man. What are we so talking old about? School. Yeah. Asinine, yeah. So, uh, I think it's a really, you know, really stay, you know, like a cutting edge conversation. That's really on the forefront of all the, all yeah. the uh, changes coming to the college game. And you have the changing of the guard when it comes to, uh, just coaches moving around and, and all that. So I think that's a really interesting conversation to have. Uh, we've, we've, we've run through a lot of these topics. I got two more to, to really broach. Uh, I think we, we talk about the coaching carousel when it comes to NFL. We talk about that for a little bit and then we'll finish up with a little UK basketball chat and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so let me start. Okay. Let me start. Let me get, (laughs) you see, you see out here, the Falcons. All right. Listen, oh, they're about to get the best listen, coach okay. in history. Shut up. I don't want him, okay? And then they're – all right, all right. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Realistically, realistically, how many years does, does Belichick have left? And and what's his true motivation to, to continue to coach? To he win – to, to break the record. Yeah, he wants the win record, and that's it. He's not. And sure, I mean, winning another Super Bowl without Tom Brady that would be a consolation prize. That would be just a bonus. Really, what he wants is that is the win record. Yeah, was he fifteen away? Something like that. It's it's like I mean, one good season. That's I mean, you wouldn't hold on. You wouldn't you wouldn't be willing to sign a coach if he's going to get you fifteen wins in one season and a shot at the Super Bowl for one year. Yeah, you sign him for a year. The who's playing? Who's playing? Who's playing quarterback? That's the question. Oh, they're they're going to trade. They're going to trade their eighth pick to the uh, Bears for Justin Fields. Okay, I mean that would that That's would make sexy. me that would make me a little bit more comfortable knowing that we're getting right. a young quarterback that is going to be able to grow into his this offense and grow into these offensive weapons yeah. that we have. Young, but has experience. He he's played. Yeah. Okay, yes, but so it's I, I like that, but. Uh, if I have learned anything as an Atlanta Falcons fan, it is to always expect the worst, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, what it looks like, it will always end up being the worst thing that, that happens. So You'll get Russell what, Wilson. We're, no, we're get, listen, this is what's going to happen. We're going to sign Belichick to a two-year deal, three-year deal that he can opt out of. We're going to mm-hmm. pay him an exorbitant amount of money because Arthur Blank – one is in love with Bill Belichick, and because he he whooped his fucking tail in the Super Bowl, biggest comeback of all time, uh, and then we're going to trade for Kirk Cousins, a thirty-eight-year-old coming off an Achilles injury. He's a free agent. Okay, well then we'll sign him for for eight for four fifty million dollars on a two-year <laughs> deal. Okay. And then we're gonna be, we're gonna uh, compete. We're, we might be good for the next two, two to three years. That you know, who knows? We might win seven. We might win fifteen games, ten, twelve, fifteen games. Who knows? But then, what's gonna happen is Belichick's gonna be seventy-five, seventy-eight, whatever, however old he is. Kirk Cousins is gonna be forty. They're gonna both retire the same year, and then we're gonna be dog shit for the next ten years because we have nothing in place. At least you got that. That's my biggest fear. That's my biggest fear. So I'm not a Falcons fan. I think they signed Belichick, and they don't think they're going to get Daniels because I think that the Patriots are going to take him. And so they trade the the Bears their eighth pick for, for Justin Fields. I don't know. I it just really, it makes me really nervous seeing all this stuff about Belichick to the Falcons and and all that. I, I really, you know, I really just don't like it. And I know a, a lot of the the fan base agrees with me. And maybe that's just yeah. my pessimistic view because I'm kind of jaded still from that 2017 Super Bowl. I don't know, but but like I said, I always expect the worst, and and I'm always just looking for something to, to be negative about. And that's a character flaw on on me, okay? And I'm sorry. 
but it's just <laughs> it's been it's been a long 25 years for me and it is what it is now well think about it you got you got justin fields Bijan, kyle pitts and you're running under bill belichick who probably brings in who matt patricia to run his offense oh, oh we saw how that not. worked out in philly i mean shit <laughs> Uh, you don't think that, uh, what's his name? The guy that got fired from Vegas. You don't think he's oh, going to come in and be yeah, the OC? Bring in he's Daniels. actually a good OC. Oh he's God. a good OC. He's a good OC. He just can't be a head coach because nobody respects him. But he's a good OC. Is he a good OC or did he have Tom Brady? I mean, it's that same conversation. <laughs> Look at what he did That's without true. Tom Brady. Nothing. That's so. true. All right, let's move on from Atlanta. Let's talk about some of these other coaching positions coming open. Um. You've got uh, you've got Carolina. You've got uh, nobody ten- wants to go there. You've got Tennessee. You've got Washington. Uh, Vegas just announced today that they're finalizing a deal for Antonio Pierce, which good good for them, and that's the right decision. That's yeah. what needs to happen. Uh, I mean, Antonio Pierce deserves that job. He 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 did a hell of a job as the interim. So uh, then you've got uh, L.A. Chargers, which is a really desirable job, just uh, simply because of Justin Herbert and um, you know his ability as a quarterback. Uh, so I don't uh, I know Jim Harbaugh has been making his rounds with professional teams. I think it's a pretty much done deal. Harbaugh's in the NFL next year. You know I don't know what you guys think, but I think I think it's pretty much a done deal at this point. Yeah, all of his players are leaving Michigan. I think he's mm-hmm. I think he's leaving. I'd love to see him I, in L.A. I don't. So, if you if you are head coach material, which means like I'm saying, like you're interviewing for multiple positions at different places. Why on earth would you want to go to the Titans or the Panthers? Unless he unless the Panthers uh, owner is going to pay you a stupid amount of money. What you probably their cap would, is probably terrible. Would. They don't have picks. Their their rosters not good. Car like. You gotta, you gotta you get know. a paycheck somehow, dude. Same yeah, way. I know, right? but like, if you, I don't know, if I would you, almost rather be an OC again. It'll somewhere. kill your career. It'll, yeah, it could kill your career, literally. Think about if Brian Johnson takes his job from Philadelphia, he goes to the Panthers because I see an interview. He goes there has a shit year. He'll never do anything in the league ever again. He may may have a chance to. <laughs> well, be also you're like a. You also, think he's gonna leave Philly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Philly won't let him back in the building. No, their offense was atrocious. Did you watch the last seven weeks of the That's season? That's what I'm saying. Why would he – who's going to hire him as a head coach if their offense they was just, bad? They just interviewed it, him in Carolina. for Tennessee and Carolina. Both interviewed him. <laughs> they're yeah, they're going to get the scraps of whoever's left. Also, you got to yeah. think you're, you're tying – as a head coach, you're tying your future to – Bryce Young, which we have a lot of, there's been a lot of questions about, you know, his, his viability in the league. So I think you really got to think about that. If it comes down to, to Carolina versus Tennessee, I'm going Tennessee just simply because of Will Levis and, and the culture. I don't even know that the Bryce Young stuff is fair. It's like, not. His best not. receiver is Adam Thielen. I, it's not. Like, yeah. what are we talking like, <laughs> about? DJ, DJ Sharp. He's like got – listen, th- he does not – there's not a number one receiver on that team, and, like, Adam Thielen is, like, probably a, a number two on a on a decent team. And then outside of that, all the rest of those guys are threes at best. At best, yeah. Right. So, he has Car- Miles so, Sanders who can't carry for more than two yards a carry. Their one highlight is probably uh, Chubba Hubbard, and that's about the only yeah. thing they've got on that team. They overpaid uh, Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is a zone runner. So you can't yep. go under center with a zone running back and expect him to do what he doesn't do. Like that's just right. not yep. the style of play that he runs. Right. Yep. So I think I think uh, the next uh, the next high- coaching hire in the draft is going to be huge for for Carolina. But at the end of the day, I'm a Falcons fan, so fuck Carolina. Well, and remember, remember, um, they can't. Nobody's been able to interview um, the Lions OC in person yet because they, you have to wait till after this week. That's yeah. that's who I want in, in Atlanta. I want Ben Johnson. I think he he. If you look at the 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 way that the league is trending, offensive coaches do well so much better than defensive coaches, especially when you have. Um, you're going to have a young quarterback, you know, more than likely Atlanta's going to end up drafting somebody or trading for fields. So, yeah, I think defensive coaches, it's got to be a defensive 
uh, like Damn. character coach. Well, not like so the so the Texans are defensive coach and their offense is ridiculous. Well, what is he? He has his hands off on the offense. He doesn't call the defense, and it's a character. Yeah. It's all about like you yeah. know making mindset. sure that we're doing well, the right stuff, having the yeah. right mindset. But yeah. I also think that's kind of what th- Sirianni thrived on for last year. You know, I think that's that's why Sirianni... their biggest problem. Listen, their biggest problem is the fact that they constantly lined up and snap the ball without any motion. You cannot do that. At any high level in in high level college or or in the NFL, because you're letting the defense know who they got and who's where, so it makes it easier to play help over top with safeties on the fast receivers and leave people open who you know aren't as good as the as the fast receivers. Everything was long snap motions. It's all dog shit, bro. Everything was on this. Everything. Every was good offense has pre snap motions. Nothing over the middle. It was all long developing routes to the sidelines, making Jalen Hurts throw these over the shoulder throws, bubble screens, no RPO, no nothing action over the middle. There was nothing. There's nothing. Dog shit offense. Fuck Brian Johnson. Don't get me started. Every on good <laughs> offense <laughs> runs pre snap motions. Like yes. in today's NFL, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So <clears throat> good conversation about the coaching carousel. It's going to be really interesting to see where all the all these. Oh, where the chips land. Uh, it's going to be – I told Cozy a couple of weeks ago, I said – and I know we probably mentioned it on the podcast, but this is going to be a generation-defining offseason for a lot of these teams. We're going to look back and say, wow, the 2024 offseason was, was huge for so many teams. College yeah, I think it could, yeah. it could change divisions. I mean – yeah. If right. Harbaugh goes to the Chargers and now Mahomes isn't guaranteed to win that division, you know, if um, what if what if uh, Johnson from the Lions goes to like Washington and now the mm-hmm. Eagles have to play have, like the Washington's good. So now there's three playoff teams in that division that are like, you know, good. And now the Cowboys now the Cowboys are looking at themselves like, yeah, we but got I Mike mean, Daniel. Oh, we got Mike. Who's really scared of an NFC team, NFC East team in the playoffs? I mean, look, look I'm- at. You know, look at what happened this year. I mean, nobody. I, I don't think anybody's scared of the, Dallas. They've got the pieces and the money. I know, but I'm saying, like, you don't know. You you haven't seen this coach yeah. in the in the post. That's true. Yet. That's and true. And the Lions' offense was humming last week. That's mm-hmm. true. Until like pretty the much, quarter. pretty much any other any comment, you know, uh, at this point is all speculation. We just have to see what yeah. what we're like. I said, yeah. where the chips land. All right, last topic. Uh, let's talk a little bit of UK basketball, and then we'll get out of here. We got we're at forty <laughs> minutes right now, so I figure we'll do five ten minutes, and then we'll get out of here and uh, have a good rest of the day. So <clears throat> this is the most excited I've been for UK basketball. It's fun to watch, exactly. Yeah. The, the, it's not that they don't have issues. We have, when I say we, I mean Kentucky basketball. There's a lot of, there is some issues that need to be addressed. Rebounding, absolutely atrocious. We get re- out-rebounded every game. We have two seven-footers on that we can play, and still somehow we get out-rebounded. And that's just an effort thing, you know. Yeah, I, 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 also, the two also, seven-footers are a little soft right now. Exactly. They're, they're coming out of high school, so. Well, Onyaso is a sophomore, so he, he does true. have a little bit of experience. Um, but also, the defense is absolutely terrible as well. I, we we have so much trouble defending, staying in front, uh, cutting off the driving lanes. It seems like we get beat off the dribble, and it's just either a layup or a dish for a wide-open shot. And there, we have to figure out a way to stay in front of these these uh, uh, you know these offenses. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason I, um, this is I'm not excusing why, but part of the reason why once they get beat off, they're beat off the dribble. They're like, all right, we're going on offense here. <laughs> like, all right, all right, fine, give me the ball back. We're gonna go score real quick. So, and the biggest thing for them is the three players. The three players coming off the bench are my favorite players to watch. Uh, Reed Shepard. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I love watching Thierro. He's everywhere. Like he can yes. only play so many minutes at a time because he's all over the place the whole time that he's playing. And then um, I forgot the other kid's name. Dillingham. Dillingham. Yeah. Yeah, Dillingham. He's a dog. Dillingham. He's a little bit wild for my taste, but I think that's just because he's young. You know, he's never. He's one of those kids that you know. He uh, growing up, the coaches said, "Hey, 
if you're hoping, shoot the damn thing, you know, like <laughs> no matter where you're at on the court, dude, just shoot it and we'll live with the result. And so I think, you know, he's kind of got that uh, uh, maverick type of, of uh, mentality when it comes to shot selection. I'd like to well, see I think Cal likes that too. Like yeah, Cal's been one of those coaches I, that says, like, shoot it. I'd like to see him reining in just a little bit though, you know, especially in late game situations. But to me, this team stands out our style. We play like an NBA team. If we if we're not scoring the ball, we don't have a shot in hell. You know what I mean? And and if yeah. we're not if we're not getting the ball out in transition, we don't have a shot in hell. If it comes down to a half court set, if it comes down to two three possessions at the end of the game, and a half court set, we're screwed. I mean, just straight up. I, that, I'm being brutally honest. I, that's how I feel. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll improve, but. It just really makes me nervous come March that our rebounding is lackluster, our defense is lackluster, and our half-court sets are also lackluster. Those are three phases of the game that are really, really important to good teams coming down the stretch in March. And it's just something that, that Calipari needs to figure out. You know, he, we, we're still having trouble with rotations as far as, like, subbing guys in and out, especially towards the end of the game. Um, but – I am excited to see what what we can accomplish because I do think this team has the potential to to at least make to the final four, if not the national championship, and also win it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think rebounding rebounding is probably number one in my on my book, just because like the the wild threes and stuff that you were talking about. Well, if you can, if you if it's instead of if it's 50-50 that you're going to get the rebound off of it and get another shot at it, then right. I'll take my chances. But we got to you got to get a, be better rebounders in order for that to work. Because yeah. you coming down and, and taking a three with 10 seconds off the shot clock is not going to be helpful if we can't rebound. Right, right. So. Well, y'all got Georgia tomorrow or next game. We, I totally expect to beat Georgia. I don't think we should have lost to A and M, but uh, yeah. you know, nah. But they that, were going crazy. That, they were, hitting, would, they were right. hitting everything. And that's the thing, man. Kentucky. It seems like anybody who go who plays Kentucky, they have the best shooting night of their life. Like they'll never shoot better than that night in their life. So yeah, but I'd almost rather them take some lumps on the way. Yeah, yeah. battle tested. Yeah, battle. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand with UK basketball. I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are big UK fans. So I just wanted to have a little chit chat about that. Um, other than that, I really don't have anything else. Uh, been a well, good. Let me ask this before before you finish it off. Okay. Is is this is this like do or die for Calipari? It's like make a Final Four or lead eight or or hit the road. I think if you have I think a, they're gonna fire Cal. If I don't they think have, they'll fire Cal. If they have I think a, he'll move on. If they have a first or second round exit, I think uh, we have to really, really think hard about the future, you know. Uh, and I, does that mean firing Calipari? Uh, maybe not. Maybe so, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. But yeah. that is not the standard, okay? That is not the standard at Kentucky. It is Elite Eight, Final Four, national championship or bust every single year, just like at Ohio state. I know you understand this cozy, just like at Ohio state, every single year, it is college playoff or bust every single year. Beat Michigan. or bust. Yeah. So I think that they got a, yes, with the exception of if you play against a team and they come out and they're shooting 80% or something crazy. And you're like, something man, crazy. like, would you like, like, you know, you take them to OT that. or something. And you're like, all right, like, what do you, what do you want me to do? They're hitting threes in people's faces and stuff. I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, I think they definitely have to perform. Yeah. And ultimately him, if, if, if he struggled or if the team was a first or second round, I can see him stepping out of the head coach role, moving up into like a special, special role where he's more or less just like, you know, you, bring the recruits in, meet with Cal Perry, and send them down to the head coach, new head coach or something. I think the biggest appeal for Cal Perry is he's been a pipeline for the NBA. Yeah. So uh, yeah. ultimately it's all going to fall back on the coach, though. It doesn't matter. You know, you can't make players hit shots. You can't make players hit free throws. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is the coach's responsibility to win. Yeah. And that's that's just the harsh reality of it. So we'll yeah. see what happens come March. I think, uh, like I said, I think Kentucky has a real shot to to make it deep into the tournament. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, man, I don't have anything else. Cozy, Brian, you have any closing thoughts? Appreciate uh, you, Brian. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, now I'm excited for these games. I think the I think there's gonna be some upsets this weekend. Yeah, I think so too. I think really? there's gonna be some upsets. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a shot, a real shocker this weekend that people aren't expecting. It. I don't know who it's gonna be, but somebody's gonna do it. Somebody. All right, last question. Last question here, Brian. Do you have a bet, a lock, anything? I know I'm kind of springing you, springing it on you, and putting you on the spot. Is there anything that you could that I could sit here and put my fucking mortgage on that you that you think is going to happen this weekend? Ooh, a lock. It's David Montgomery anytime touchdown. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I do this every week. I make yeah. my bets for the games and stuff. One that I am – I promise you right now that as long as his trend ha- is going to be the same as it has been, I'm going to take uh, take uh, Rice's receiving yards. Oh, yeah. Because – um, Over? The Bills – the Bills – yeah, over. Because the Bills um, – the Bills' corners are not – you know, they're good, but they're not elite. They're better at safety. Yeah. He's yeah. an outside threat, and the safeties can't help because they got to play on Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And he he had a, a breakout game last week. I think he's going to have another one. Yeah. Uh, this week. All right, man. Well, whenever I get I like foreclosed that. on on my house, we're going to move in with you. So <laughs> All right. you guys got room. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Good like episode. That. We'll have this out. You know, we'll probably put it on the Patreon or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Cozy. Been another. Been a pleasure, another fine episode, and uh, a banger. That's about it, guys. Follow us on all our socials. You know, if you haven't figured out where to find us, well, then just don't find us. How about that? <laughs> all right, guys. Subscribe, peace like, out. Comment, subscribe. Peace. Say it. No, you say peace.